Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming, and we have a very special guest today, Shara Joyner. Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Yes, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Did, did I say your name right? Because now I'm, I, we were talking okay. about Shira and. <laughs> yes, you got it right. Um, it is Shara, but there are times I like to pull the Shira card and have superpowers, so no worries. <laughs> you know, when it comes to being a mom, you have to have your superpower. Like that is a superpower a lot of times, so. 100 percent is a superpower you can embody she-ra as your <laughs> as your superpower superhero of choice yes love it you know they have recreated everything else but they haven't recreated he-man and she-ra like what is up with that some things maybe just don't need to come back That's true. <laughs> or maybe it's still coming we'll see yeah I, now that i said it it's gonna be out it's out there and somebody oh. Somebody heard me and is going to recreate it or it's in the work. Anyway, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I am a registered nurse and a health and mindset coach um, for busy moms um, like myself. I have three kids um, and I work with moms just trying to figure out how to add in all the things we need to do for our health um, that we don't have time for. So it's, you know, getting on that healthy train without losing your mind, um, just through some basic strategies that you can just make some tweaks throughout your days and hopefully get some good results in the long run. Um, this is very aligned timing because um, for me, uh, my, my dad passed away in April of last year. And so, um, it real and I turned 40 last year and all of the things like, so it's just all like everything kind of yep. <laughs> aligns in like, okay, I, I like really need to and want to, I'm taking need to out of my, uh, vocabulary. Um, I really want to be healthy and I, I've just started making it a priority. So I'm now four or five weeks postpartum. Um, I was a surrogate. I carried twins. I had a C-section for the first time. Wow. That's a lot more to add to your body. Yeah. So, um, and I, I decided that, that, um, processed sugar is evil. <laughs> <laughs> and I am cutting out processed sugar from um, my life. 
And this morning I did yoga for the first time in at least a year. So Oh, see, you're already doing the steps. I'm already doing some stuff. I, you know, I was going to cut, stop eating sugar and I actually had stopped eating processed sugar, um, before I got pregnant. And, um, then I got super duper nauseous in my first trimester. Um, I guess when there's two babies in there, it, you take everything and multiply it by a billion and that's what you're <laughs> present. That's what you're that pregnant. sounds about right. Like. Um, and so my, my nausea was crazy. And I was like, you know what, if I'm going to create, if I'm like, I'm doing whatever I can, my strategy of getting rid of nausea was just eat (laughs) until you don't notice the nausea anymore. Um, which worked for the most part, but I was like, I'm not going to limit myself. This is the last time I'm going to be pregnant. I'm just, if I'm craving something, I'm going to eat it. If it feels good in my body, I'm going to eat it. And and that was, and then once I'm postpartum, then I'll work on the different things. So, yeah, well, I love what you said, what feels good for your body, because honestly, that's the message that I feel is often missing from a lot of programs about, you know, dieting and all these like restrictive plans you can follow is that it doesn't always work with your lifestyle um, or kids get sick or there's just so many things that just don't feel right in the moment. And so you're not going to prioritize it. And that's why I take a different, more gentler approach, knowing that we're busy moms, things come up. Like, I don't want to give somebody a protocol to follow and be like, all right, follow this and you'll have all the results you want. That's just not, you know, way you do it anymore. It's, it doesn't, create a sustainable lifestyle by any means. It just stresses everybody out. <laughs> and we're cranky means. <laughs> yeah, right. It's and it is really hard to not eat sugar. And like my but it's it's my choice because I want to limit the amount of sugar I put into my body. It's not, it's so processed. It's not necessary. It's, you know, it's just in everything. Um, and then, you know, my brother calls my mom and says, bring donuts tomorrow. And I'm like, I want to bring donuts and then I want to eat one. (laughs) And so I did true addiction. Sugar is an addiction. 100%. And I did. And I, you know, it was like, okay, I ate, I ate my, I ate two donuts and now I'm back on to not eating sugar. And Because I think that if you restrict forever and ever, it just, you become resentful and then you're going to fall off the bandwagon, like hardcore and eat a whole bag of chocolate. (laughs) Well, and you've already said a couple of things that I picked up on, you know, you have to decide that you want to do that for a reason. um, Because otherwise, what is going to keep you on track? I think about, you know, with your kids, you tell your kids, okay, don't touch this you know, glass jar grandma brought over. It's breakable. Don't touch it. What are they going to do? Stare at it. And eventually they're going to touch it because if you tell yourself you can't have something or can't do something, your brain will fixate on that rather than like what you were saying. Like, Hey, I know that sugar is literally in everything. It doesn't serve my body and I want it out of my body for, you know, as much as I can. Then you start looking at ways to get around it and not eating it. Mm -hmm. And Starbucks was a really big um, thing for me. So I've been, (laughs) I've been cutting down um, Starbucks uh, slowly as, as towards the end of the pregnancy, especially like uh, probably drink more of it than I should have while I was pregnant. But um, 
I was very mindful of like, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to go overboard on, on Starbucks and I need to taper that off because it's probably my, my favorite of the sugar consumptions. And, um, and I probably went two weeks without a Starbucks and then I had one and my body let me know that did not enjoy this any longer and I'm like oh okay then good to know yeah I love those little messages from the body that remind us of why we quit it to begin with right it's like okay I'm listening again (laughs) I see the same thing with uh, alcohol a lot of times you know if you do dry January or different things and then you start drinking again and you're like oh this just doesn't sit the way that I thought it would be fine but no it's not the same yeah so how, so you were a nurse first, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, 20 years. I, I still do have um, my foot in the door a little bit with nursing um, just because I love that environment, but I'm primarily focusing on coaching now. Yeah. So uh, when I was in the, I was in the hospital um, twice during my pregnancy, uh, very close together. I was, I had a minor fender bender that put me into pre- preterm labor. Oh no. Yay. So I was in the hospital for five days and then, um, and then the birth. And so, um, there was a lot of traveling nurses Mm -hmm. and that's kind of exploded. I'm assuming with COVID. Yeah. I think there's a little more of it. It's been around for a long time. I actually did travel nursing, um, very beginning of my career back when it was kind of a new thing. Um, cause my husband was in the military mm. and he had to bounce around to some different trainings. And I was like, you know what, why not sign on as a traveler and just kind of live up, you know, what that experience is like. So I did do travel nursing, um, in the DC area. And so but it is definitely a lot more of it just you know, it's part of it is because it gives the nurses something new. They can travel with, you know, their families, even some people rent RVs and they just literally travel with their families and they get paid well, but other times it's just, you know, it's the demand in certain areas. Yeah. That's super cool. If if I had any stomach for being a nurse, <laughs> I have like the utmost respect for anyone in the, in the medical industry. And I, I made sure to let all of them know that I was super appreciative of everything that they do. Cause I, I know that not everybody is like that. Um, and it's a really difficult job to, to do. And I like, you just have to love it and, or people or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it has gotten a lot harder on the, the workload is harder since COVID. I don't think things ever will go back to what we've known it in the past. And even just, you know, wearing a mask for 12 hours and things. I work with a lot of nurses um, through burnout and things because it's it's a real, real struggle. So anytime you can tell a nurse that you appreciate them, like it goes a long way. So that's really sweet yeah. of you. Very cool. Okay. So you're focusing more on coaching, which I don't blame you because it's pretty much been my favorite job that I've had in my life. And I've had a lot of them. <laughs> very fulfilling. I love it. So you're helping moms get back to, and what, so what is it that you help moms with first? Like what's, what's step one? Well, step one is probably taking a step back from everything you've been told about health and wellness. Um, 
because again, it's everybody's different and where your starting point is going to be different, what your life looks like. You know, if you're a working mom, if you're a stay-at-home mom, like it's going to look very differently than say somebody else. And so it's really just taking that step away, away from all the things you've tried in the past, especially if you're 40-ish, I would say late 30s as your hormones are changing. What you tried when you were in your 20s is not going to work. I've yet to see anybody succeed on the old style of dieting and exercising to lose weight that stays off. Your hormones just factor in. So I always tell people, let's start with a blank slate and look at where you want to go in your health. Um, And we create a plan that works, you know, in their life. And I take them through what I call like the five pillars. So it's like the basic foundations, make sure you're doing these five things and then we can add other stuff. Okay. So what are your five pillars? (laughs) So the five pillars, and this actually starts one, maybe one layer before this. And that is you have to prioritize your health, be willing to prioritize your health. Um, And I think we had talked about this briefly um, before. It's not a me first mentality. So when you're ready to get healthy and prioritize yourself, it's also not a me first. Cause sometimes I think that message comes through um, where, you know, your oxygen mask needs to go on first, right? Or your cup, you can't pour from an empty cup. And both of those things are accurate. Um, but for the example, like putting your oxygen mask on first, speaking from a nurse in an emergency situation, absolutely. But why do we have to tell moms to do that? What in a situation where your child is in danger, what are you going to do first? Instinctually, yeah. like what happens is really? I'm going to take care of my kid. Like we it's just have whole, that in us. If the, if a car runs out, is like going to run over your kid, like, or is on top of your kid, like you have superhuman strength. That's the she power that comes out right, right the there. She-ra. <laughs> the yes. she comes out and <laughs> You're going to save your kid is like, but you can't do that if the car's on top of you. (laughs) Right. So in circumstances where like our emergency type situations, the mama bear wants to come out, but you have to like, no, you need to think about safety first and taking care of, put your oxygen mask on first, or you're not going to save either one of you. And the reason we have to be told that, right, is because it goes against everything in us. Well, when it comes to our health and our wellness, I can't tell a mom, go take care of yourself first. They look at you like, I don't have time for that. Like, no, I'm taking care of my kids. And so I've kind of switched it to it's me too. (laughs) Mommies have needs too. And it allows that like, oh, well, of course I have needs. And we can digest that a little bit better than somebody who's like, you know, make sure you eat first and make sure you're exercising all these things, then take care of your kids or you can't take care of your kids. And then you have moms waking up at five in the morning and going to the gym and they have no sleep. And that's not a happy mommy either. (laughs) I've been there and that didn't work so well for me long term. So that is probably the first part is looking at your mindset of, you know what, I have needs because I'm a human and I'm going to find time to take care of those basic needs. And then we can go into those five pillars, which are basically caring for your needs. So we'll put a pin in the five pillars, but that's like, the thing that came to my mind was 
I wrote a blog on this too. Um, when I make, to when I would make toast and there's two pieces of bread and one piece is a little bit more burned than the other, I would take the more burned piece. Yeah. That's a bad example. Cause I actually kind of like a little bit of extra burn <laughs> on my, like my mom used to accidentally burn toast and she'd like scrape off the burned part and still, and we'd give it to us, you know, cause there was, you just didn't throw it away. You yeah. have to salvage it. Totally. <laughs> So I, you know, I kind of like a little bit of burn, but I, I don't know if it was the toast or I, there was a, you know, time it, it's in my mind a lot because like, if there's a piece of chicken, you know, I would give myself the smaller piece of chicken or, you yeah. know, it, we, we put ourselves last a lot All of the time. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm glad that you start with this and that you've reframed it even to me too, instead of me first, because that's like going from, I am, you know, having a belief of, you know, I'm ugly to I'm the most beautiful person on the planet. You can't yeah, yeah. go from that belief to that belief. You right. have to take baby steps. Yeah. So, most of the time there, I'm, there's some times that maybe you that that'll work but for the most part we need to give ourselves some baby yeah. steps baby steps to new the beliefs all or, the all or nothing mindset gets us stuck all the time right where it's like oh I can never do that too I'm doing it all and then neither one is healthy and neither one ends up working out long term so finding that middle ground that gray area a little more Okay. So I'm curious about the five pillars. Yes. So the five pillars. So the first one for me is foundational and that's the nutrition. Um, again, as a health coach, we focus a lot on nutrition, but again, it's not a diet necessarily. It's more of a lifestyle of making sure you are eating. And I cannot believe, and I can fall into this myself and my old patterns of how many times I go throughout my day, not really eating meals. Um, start my day with coffee and then I'm on the go. Maybe I'll grab a protein bar thinking, okay, well, it's a healthy bar. It doesn't have sugar in it or, it, you know, it's keto and keto is popular. So that's got to be healthy for me. And we survive on grazing and snacking mm -hmm. all day long. You know, you're at your desk working, it's a snack and it's not nourishing ourselves in the same way as real food, like a balanced real meal. And so for me, the first thing that I work on with nutrition is we're not going to give you a list of do not eats, even though, like we mentioned, sugar is something we know is not good for us. So we'll work on those as well. But the focus is, are you even eating enough of the right things? Hmm. Um, so for me, that looks like a high protein breakfast that um, I know is going to stabilize my blood sugar the rest of the day. And um, I used to skip breakfast. I don't know, most of the time, maybe a smoothie if I was lucky and um, switching that over to eating an actual meal for breakfast can really set your day up for success. Um, so nutrition for me is number one is really watching if it's just the leftover goldfish, <laughs> the burnt toast, the small piece of chicken, like we aren't going to be able to handle the stress loads of our lives as moms and busyness, like if we're eating and hangry is a real thing. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I know a lot of moms that, that wish they could stop 
you know, the yelling at their kids. And I, I would say, well, kids get cranky when they're hungry. So do we like, if you're not getting enough or the right kind of food, like that could really change your, your mood. It totally, totally can. And I know often, you know, we talk about that dinner hour, right. As we're trying to get dinner on the table and it's, you know, usually around three thirty, four o'clock, your blood sugar typically dips around that time. Um, so I tell my clients all the time, if you know, you're going into that busy time where you're going to just lose your, <laughs> lose yeah. it with your kids, you're snapping at your husband at this point or your significant other, like you're just like not having it, like set yourself up for success and eat like a nice protein based snack. Um, maybe half an hour before you kind of go into that time and see if it makes a difference the same way. Like you're saying when your toddler's growing a bit, you're not like, what's going on with him? You're like, oh my goodness, he hasn't eaten in like two hours. Like, come here, like eat something and you'll feel better. And guess what? He does. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. So that was the first pillar. So, so that's nutrition. That- yep. So pillar number two is movement. Um, as you mentioned, your yoga, this doing that a little bit. So movement for me, that gets tends to get hyper-focused on as moms, because we associate working out with a certain body type. And so I like to switch that narrative a little bit too, and learn to move in a way that honors your body. Um, Because sometimes we can get a little overkill and do those 5am spin classes um, on no sleep and not eating well. And you're not doing your body any good by doing that. So it's just being mindful that our bodies have limitations. And it's not always the season in our lives to be doing that or having a certain physique that you want. But it's sure if you want to look great and fit, that's great. But if your time is limited, you have to be realistic about what you can fit in because what you do every single day is going to make a bigger impact than if you make it to the gym once or twice a week and you hit it hard. So it is those daily movements. And there's so many great, um, nutritionists that I follow as in like influencers in the wellness space that have pulled research out and said that if you do a 10 minute brisk walk daily, that's enough to give you years on your life. Like that improves your longevity, improves your health um, tremendously. So I can do 10 minutes a day, like even if that's taking my kids or the dog outside, right? So we get in this mindset again about all or nothing. If I can't make it to the gym, why even try? And I'm here to tell you, do it 10 minutes every day. If you can do more, great. Can't, hey, you did your 10 minutes. You're doing great. So before I was pregnant, uh, I was walking a lot. So I'd walk for about an hour a day or so. I was working on getting to, I think that took, I I was trying, I was up to like 8,000 steps. I never got to 10,000. I was That's building good. my way to 8,000 or to 8,000. I was between seven and eight. Um, and you know, it's, it, it took about an hour and a half or so. And then I stopped, um, because it was summertime and then I was out of the habit and then, um, and then I was on bed rest. So, um, (laughs) and so it's, you know, we're, as we're recording this now, we're, this episode will be come out in, in April, but, um, right now it's January and it's the coldest, 
I remember California being, I've lived here my whole life. It's the coldest I remember it ever being. Um, and so I'm not waking. I am, I, I wake up at five in the morning anyway. <laughs> Just, I like waking up at five. It gives me an hour and sometimes two by myself. Um, but that's part, that's also part of my natural rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I've always been more of a morning person. And I'm, whether I wake up at seven or nine or five, I want to go to bed at nine, no matter what, like nine o'clock is my bedtime. Um, anyway, so it's too cold to go for a walk right now. But one of the things that I, that I will be doing when it starts to get a little bit warmer, when it's not literally freezing, when I'm taking my son to school, I'm going to drop him off at school and I'm going to walk around the block, around the school block. I don't know how long that's going to take, but that's my, that's what my plan is when it starts to get a little warmer at the drop-off time. When it's warmer at my wake-up time, that's when I'll go for my walk. (laughs) Yeah. But little things like that to plan it inside of your day and finding time. So I did you know, I do meditation first and then I did 20 minutes or 10 minutes of yoga, whatever it was. Um, I have an app that I follow and today was day one. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's great. And I love your idea about it being something you do daily after you drop, you know, your son off, because it's kind of like the same thing they talk about, like, you know, create a new habit right after you brush your teeth, because your brain just goes, oh, I dropped my son off. So now it's time for my walk. And it's not something you're having to motivate yourself it becomes part of your your rhythms um Mm -hmm. and daily habits so stuff like that is is really just again getting away from I love to work out it really energizes me but I I just had to give up the fact that I can't do it the same way that I did when my kids were not around or before I started you know running a different business that takes more time but I can still show up and move my body and that's the message I want moms to hear and if it's inside, I mean, that can look like a dance party with your kids. Like you don't even have to be like following any sort of program, doing some air squats or something quick and easy. And again, just showing up daily to do that is really going to help. I think that when they're little, did you ever do the airplane thing? Like where they sit on your feet Oh yeah, and you just, you could like, you do that and just lift them up and you know, they're 20 pounds. That's decent weights it will get your heart rate up that's for sure (laughs) and they're gonna have fun and they'll probably remember that the rest of their life like yeah connection while like it's it you know connection while you're helping your body like that's amazing yeah the other thing I like to just put is like you know sometimes we think we need a new equipment or you know the Peloton bike, which all those are great, like tools and resources. But I mean, how many times do you buy something like that? And it just ends up collecting dust because it's not something new. That's really going to keep the motivation going. It's just showing up daily. Um, that creates that momentum. Yeah. We have, uh, one of those machines, uh, <laughs> like the, um, the rowing machine. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I've so used fun. it twice ever but I mean I didn't buy it it was that was my boyfriend's idea he's used it less than I have but uh, (laughs) okay what's building number three okay so number three is rest um and for me that is not necessarily the same thing as sleep 
we, we all know we need sleep and you mentioned kind of your rhythms. Um, I think that's great that you put that in because everybody's rhythm is different. Some of us like to stay up late and get up a little bit later. Um, I follow more your rhythm, going to bed early and getting up early. But the part about rest that we forget about is that our minds also need rest. And so we can go all day long firing off things, you know, when you have multiple kids, especially different age groups, um, you just don't stop thinking ever. And so when you think about like your computer or your phone with like all the tabs open, and then you get really frustrated because it's maybe it's just me that does this. I get really frustrated. My computer's slowing down or it's locking up and I'm like, you know, starting to yell and scream at it at this point. And I remember my husband one time was home and he looked over at me and he's like, well, what did you expect? You have like 20 tabs open. I'm like, yeah, I need all of them. He's like, your computer can't operate with 20 tabs open. Like, what'd you expect? And so I like to think about that even as our brains and as moms and women, especially that's just how we're wired, right? To not have, we're multitasking, we're constantly thinking about things. Um, so I love to remind moms to give their brains a pause. Um, and for me, that looks like I call it my AM and my PM. So in the morning, I'm like you, I like to get up in my mornings. I journal, I meditate. I just kind of set myself ready for the day with a clear blank mind. Um, and then in the afternoon, I do the same thing. I just set a timer on my phone and I think, okay, even if it's five minutes, if I have to hide in the bathroom and I don't take my phone, I don't take anything with me. It is time to just let your brain reset and relax. And it's amazing the amount of energy that that can really like bring you for the rest of your day. I'm, I'm going to have to implement that because around, so I took the sleep chronotype tests. Um, are you familiar oh, yeah. with sleep mm -hmm. chronotypes? So I'm a lion. Okay. And I'm a lion's, <laughs> um, everything I'm, I'm a lion on everything. I'm a Leo. I'm my last name's lions. Anyway. Um, and so I have a, a friend that I, that is a coach and, and I'm in her coaching community and her coaching program. And, and she encourages everyone to take the sleep chronotype test. Um, and she has it all broken down of when lions should be doing their hard tasks and when they should be doing yeah. their easy tasks. And okay. so three o'clock is like when I should, when my brain is like, <laughs> Yeah, and I think I took the same test because I feel yeah. that's familiar familiar with me as were, well. Were you a lion too? <laughs> yeah, and I think my husband was the one that was everything or something, of course. But <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, I feel bad for dolphins. I think dolphins have it are like they don't sleep, and um, <laughs> I have it on my desktop. I think let's see if I can find it. Um, but I noticed at three o'clock, there's a writing group that I'm in and, um, and it starts at three and I was trying to do some writing at three and I was just staring at the computer and I had had like really good writing success until that point. Interesting. And, you know, I had written in the morning and, and, and most of when I was doing my writing was in the morning, mm -hmm. but then I can't, she has a morning session and an afternoon session. And because of 
um, the time of waking up and getting ready for school and taking my son to school and coming back home, I can't join till 830. And the and then it's over by like nine. So there's that 30 minutes of, of writing time then. So I like to go to the three o'clock one and I was just staring at the computer blankly and my brain was just not having it. So I'm going to, I'm going to try meditation at, at two 30 or three and see, you know, how that works. Cause I think, let's see, eat lunch at 12 brainstorm and journal exercise from five to six. So, um, yeah, I'd rather do it in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something to be said of that hard reset is really what you're doing. And sometimes it really can help it helps me with my mood even like, I'll just feel less. I'm just more calm when my kids are coming home. Like, I just don't feel like I have like, you know, my daughter's 13, almost 14 and she'll have like a hundred things she needs to tell me and like, mom about this. And what about this or decisions? And I'm like, I maxed out on my decisions today. Like we're no more making zero more decisions, but what I actually need to do is reset. And then my brain is, has a capacity capacity to take on her a hundred questions. So yeah, it'd be interesting to try it and see if that helps. Um, but those, uh, yeah, the sleep, um, types are, it's interesting how, um, I didn't dive into it too much, but I did take the test. I think my husband's the one that asked me, like, you need to take this. Cool. So, um, so if you're listening and you're, you don't know what we're talking about, I think we, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but it's, it's the power of win quiz. Um, and I think you can just type that into Google and it'll come up. Otherwise it's the sleep chronotypes. You can Google that as well. Um, and, um, my friend got real deep into it and really builds her life and her business around, um, the sleep chronotypes. Um, and I, you know, I take a little bit, I take it with a grain of salt because even her schedule that she's printed up that I'm looking at now is like, drink coffee from seven to 10. Yeah. I'm drinking coffee at five. Sorry. Yes. It really depends Wake on the time of day you start. Yeah. So anyway, um, pillar, I think we're on number four. Okay. So number four is mindset, which I know that's something that, you know, you're pretty passionate about and understanding that our minds really do control our thoughts and our actions, like whatever you fixate on is what you're going to end up moving towards. So it's having a shift in your mindset about motherhood and about the busyness of motherhood and your time, um, especially because if you wake up in the morning and you've already decided in your mind that I'm going to be tired and I don't have enough time to do anything that I want to do, you're not going to find a way out of that. Um, so if you live in that scarcity mindset, you can't expect to find abundance outside of yourself. So for me, mindset is huge. And I intertwine that throughout all of these pillars, but I like to put it as a separate one so that everybody can pick up some sort of a mindset practice that they want to do to just be aware of their thoughts. And for everybody that looks very differently, kind of like, you know, the sleep type, some people need that morning wreath time to really set up their day. And that works well for me, but I have other uh, friends and clients that, you know, that's hard for them to do. So 
you can create time later in the day or in the evening to journal or kind of sit with your thoughts. Um, we even do things in my work like burn books. Like if you just struggling with a lot of resentment, um, which happens in motherhood, it's a real thing. Like before you go to bed, write out everything that comes to your mind, every emotion and just write it all out and see, you know, how that starts shifting um, the way you feel on a daily basis. So I love mindset. It's yeah, I could talk about mindset all day long. Um, I won't, but I just, <laughs> uh, I, I went live in my Facebook group um, yesterday for the first time. Cause I don't, I Facebook lives. It's not the first time, but a first time in a long time, Facebook lives have really been a source of anxiety for me. Cause everybody's like, you should do Facebook lives. And I'm like, I don't like to talk to myself. Uh, <laughs> it does feel like you're talking to yourself. And it feels like you're talking to yourself. Um, and so, but I went live and I made it a podcast episode as well. And, um, my, um, my son was saying how he can't hit the, the birdie when we were playing badminton and, he just kept saying he can't. And I kept encouraging him to like, well, I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm learning and I'm getting better. And yeah. he didn't like that. Yeah. Uh, we ended up uh, threatening him oh, no. <laughs> and said that he <laughs> would have to, take, you know, if the positive stuff doesn't work, then the negative reinforcements coming next. So um, we said that if he didn't stop complaining, he was going to have to do two push-ups every time he complained. And he literally shifted, I mean, shifted his attitude immediately. Yeah. And, um, where I was like, Oh, your, your attitude changed. And he's like, yeah, I don't want to do push-ups. <laughs> that is awesome. Like, you're, that was, that was pretty fun. So. Yeah, no, that's good. And, you know, I think there's times we have to just remember, like, the way we talk to ourselves all day long, like, we would never talk like that to our kids or to people we love. So, you know, if we're all day just down on ourselves and, you know, negativity, negativity, you're, you're just, you're staying stuck in a place you don't want us to be. So it's really, yeah, my biggest one, you know, for a long time was overwhelmed. I'm like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And then one day I was actually working with a coach. Um, it was a business coach. And she goes, you say that all the time, that you're so overwhelmed. I'm like, oh gosh, I kind of do. And she's like, what if you were to say, I don't do overwhelm? Mm. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So now anytime I'm like, oh, I'm taking on too much. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm like, nope, I don't do overwhelm. And it's amazing how something small like that really makes a big shift super and it's it seems small but it's so huge and i heard a coach say um yesterday that what if instead of seeing um a seeing problems that you see solutions waiting to happen and i was like oh that's good <laughs> yeah so, yeah totally no those are great pillar number five. So number five, mindset's my favorite to talk about. Number five is my favorite to share um, because it's forgotten, I feel like, but it's creativity and play. Mm. And this kind of once again goes back to like our own kids. When we talk about like, we have needs too. You have your gifts and your talents that are so unique to who you are. And in motherhood, we often put those aside. And then we wonder why we're losing ourselves in motherhood. Um, 
And it's not that, again, it's not me first. It's not going to be like, I'm going to do now all these self-care and, you know, I'm going to sign up for every class. I'm going to start, you know, doing whatever I want to do. No, we would, that's going to the other extreme, but we forget to use our gifts. Um, and gifts and creativity can come in so many different sizes and shapes. So, you know, I had a, a client who she's like, I just don't think I'm very creative. So how do I be creative? And I was like, well, what do you like to do? And so we got talking, she loves to write. Um, and so journaling was one of the things we did for mindset. And I was like, well, writing's very creative. Like, just start writing and so now when she needs her like me time she's like I just get a notebook and I just be creative with words and it fills me up and I was like that's amazing it doesn't have to be painting or things that we just think are oh that's creative because they can sing like no we all are creative we just need to figure out what that is and going back to that inner child will really help you discover you know what those things are what did you like to do when you were a kid Mm -hmm. really good place to start I I ask people who have become moms and feel like that's all they are now that they've lost themselves inside motherhood. And I will, and I ask them, well, what did you do for fun before you were a mom? Yes. And start there and maybe you don't enjoy it anymore and that's fine too, you know, but what did you do before you were a mom? And, and I, I think it's hysterical that when moms here, you know, put yourself first, that they do, you said, go to the extreme of all the time. (laughs) And it's like, nobody ever says, put yourself first 24 seven, like screw the kids. (laughs) Right. I don't think anybody's ever said that. I haven't ever heard any self-care guru say 24 seven, like why do our brains go to 100% of the time? Put yourself first, screw the kid. He's crying, whatever me time. Like, yeah, well, and I honestly look at my five pillars as self-care. Um, because if you really think about what self-care is, it's caring for your self, right? So if you aren't making it a priority and taking time to do these basic things in my five pillars, um, don't go to the spa, don't go on kid-free trips, like do the basics first of taking care of your needs. And all those others are, they're bonuses, they're luxuries. There's nothing wrong with any of them, but you know, you could go your entire life feeling super content, fulfilled, and have never been to a day spa, right? Like we love day spas and they do great things for our skin and we, we love going, but that's not going to buy you long-term happiness. Um, and we know that because we'll be like, oh my goodness, I'm at my Mac. I'm overwhelmed, right? My word. And I'm going to plan a whole day and I'm going to get my hair cut and get my toes done. I'm going to buy expensive things that I shouldn't be buying, but I'm going to do it anyways, because I'm doing this for myself. Mommy needs a day off. How do you feel the next day? back to the grind, either feel buyer's remorse, you feel guilty for spending all that money. It was nice, but like it was short-lived in many ways where things like feeding yourself, nourishing yourself, your mind, your soul, doing things that fill you and your creativity is in your play. Like those things carry you on every day. And that's what we need to focus on. And then 
guess what? You're going to have so much more capacity to do those things that are more extreme and not feel guilty because it's just a fun thing you're adding to. You're not, you're not going into it resentful and like, I'm just overwhelmed and done. Like you're just going into it. Yes. One more thing for me. This is great. It's a treat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been to a day spa. Um, but I like the, so part of my, my self-care is waking up at five and part of my self-care is sleeping until seven on the weekends. Like it's, or if I wake up at five and I'm like, "Mm, no, (laughs) there are those days. Absolutely. You know, it's today was a absolute treat because we had a foggy day schedule. And so that means school started two hours or an hour later. And, um, so it was seven o'clock and I was going to, I was, you know, going to wake up my son. I was like, Oh wait, it's foggy day. He can sleep for an extra hour. And I was like, well, I'm going to give him the choice. Does he want to sleep for an extra hour? Does he want to have a hour of play? And so I woke up and I said, Hey, it's foggy day schedule. Do you want to sleep or do you want to play? And he goes, I want to play and jumped out of bed. And I was like, you don't jump out of bed for school, (laughs) but you're capable of it. No, easy, but (laughs) it's like, you know, we have, we don't spend enough time asking ourselves, what do I need right now? What will serve me best in this moment? Right. Because as you were saying, it it can vary from day to day. And, you know, and that's why I love, you know, staying in that gray area a little bit. Because, you know, I heard you just say, like, there's some days, even though 5 a.m. is self-care to you to have that time. And I'm the same way. I love that time. It really fills me up. And there are days where sleep needs to be the priority. And it's learning to recognize that in the moment, being like, it's not that I'm not I'm cheating myself out of what I need, or I didn't check the checkbox for today. It's no today I'm pivoting because my need is sleep. Um, it's, I think that's, you know, where a lot of moms need to start learning to live in that flow rather than such a rigid of, I need to do this. I should be doing this and I can't do this. Learn to flow a little more. (laughs) So, so good. Um, is there a piece of advice that you want to share with moms? Ooh, so good. Um, I would say my piece of my advice, if I had one thing I can say is, um, tell yourself every day that you're doing a great job. Mm. We need to hear ourselves say that out loud. Um, and that's for your nutrition, your movement, all of these pillars, you're doing a great job. Um, once we can really hang on to that, then, then we can look at where we want to improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we usually start from where do I want to improve? because I suck so much. Yep. 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 (laughs) Yeah. I I saw a post this morning of another group that I'm in and um, the woman said, I don't want to toot my own horn, but blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh no, 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 please toot, toot away. (laughs) Like we don't toot our own horns enough. And I was inspired by the tooting of her horn. Like, you don't know who you're, you can inspire by tooting your own horn instead of looking at it as I'm bragging, which is how it's usually, how we usually perceive it. But it's like, no, I'm doing a great job. And I want people to know that I'm doing a great job. And I want me to know 
that I'm doing a great job. Yeah, <clears throat> I um, I love that. That's yeah. yeah. We don't celebrate enough of our accomplishments. Um, we're always moving the goalpost <laughs> every time. It's like I achieved it. Cool. Move on. Moving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And it is. I know that this is like trying to pick a favorite child, but <laughs> is there a book that has been instrumental in your oh, personal development journey? I am an avid reader. I love, I, a couple of years ago, really started on my own healing journey and read a ton. Um, so I think the very first book that was kind of shifted my mindset and kind of took me down this healing path was a book called Whole Again. Um, Jackson McKenzie, I think is the author of that one. And it just really talks about that. Again, we are, in order to be a whole person, we have to look at ourselves, you know, as we would anybody else. We have to treat ourselves as somebody with needs that are needing to be met and being able to really discover that side of ourselves because we just go through life so disconnected and you know, we're just striving and doing all these things and beating each other, uh, beating ourselves up with these thoughts where we really need to have some more self-compassion. So to me, Whole Again was the first book that started making that shift for me. So it's the one I'm going to pick because my firstborn child probably gets picked a lot too. <laughs> that's, that's not right. <laughs> we, we all, we all know that there's a favorite child. We just can't tell them that. <laughs> She's my easiest child. That's where I'll put, not necessarily that my helps. favorite, but the easiest yes. helps. <laughs> Definitely helps in the favorite column. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you for being here and, yep. and um, for pouring into our, my listeners, our listeners and, um, and for what you're doing in the world. Cause we need, we need help in prioritizing ourselves and, and our self-care and, and our health. Yeah, definitely. Well, I enjoyed being on here with you and I feel filled just by doing this. This is one of my creativity things. <laughs> me too. I never thought of it that way, but me too. Yeah, right? Very cool. So there will be another episode of Imperfect Momming for you next week. And until then, keep healing. Bye guys. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Momming. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalyons.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A. L-Y-O-N-S dot com. See you next time.